the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's the first Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast of the new year, 2019, right here on AM 970, The Answer. A great show for you tonight. Craft Beer guest that's going to be joining me this hour in about 20 minutes from now in the usual news and notes to get to. But first, how can you follow me? Very easy on Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Via email at albertg at nycradio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. We are Alexa-ready as well. Just say to your Alexa-enabled device, Alexa, I want to hear the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. And there you go. You get to listen to the show. We have a number of the shows archived, not all the way back to the beginning, uh, but probably the last um, 25 to 30 shows uh, if you want to listen to. And if there's a specific show that you really want to listen to that you, you, you want to catch, just let me know. I can send you the link uh, to it, and you can listen to it right from there. I want to accommodate my fans uh, of the program. So coming up in about 20 minutes from now, Tara Nuren from Forbes will join me. It's been a while since we've spoken with Tara. Uh, so much to get into um, with her about her predictions for 2019 that she um, she published a couple of weeks ago, how the beer scene is going to shake out. So many changes. We saw a lot of changes last year. Are those changes going to continue uh, into 2019? That's coming up in about 20 minutes from now. But, of course, News and notes that we need to get to, you know, I was on vacation for 11 days, so I taped two programs uh, before the end of the year. And so some of it was new, some of it was recorded. Uh, thanks for the feedback uh, on the Josh Knoll interview and, of course, uh, the interview with the, um, with the guys from Founders. Uh, those interviews, I think the Founders interview was back in October. Josh's interview was uh, back in May. Go get that book, though, um, his, new bo- his new book. Well, I mean, it's not new anymore, but um, the book that he wrote on uh, – Goose Island, uh, bourbon uh, barrel-aged and selling out. I'm mangling the title. My apologies, Josh. But it is a great book. If you want to know about the history of a particular brewery uh, from the start all the way to when they sold it to AB InBev, Josh's book has extensive detail. I mean, stuff like you would think that Josh was sitting right in on those meetings, um, you know, of, of what had happened. And what's cool about it is... You find out about the history of others that worked at Goose Island that went on to other things. Obviously, the head brewer at um, Firestone Walker started at Goose Island and then moved to Firestone Walker. And look at the success that Firestone Walker has had. And they are still, you know, an independent beer company, whereas Goose Island decided to sell. And I don't begrudge Goose Island for selling. Again, uh, you know, I think there's this this whole dichotomy here of people, you know, Uh, Big beer, small beer, all of this. If you don't want to support the Goose Islands and the Blue Points uh, because they sold out, that's your prerogative. I'm fine with that. Um, There is a time, though, where I will buy Goose Island uh, in the bourbon barrel-aged series. 
When it's out, if I see it in the store, I'll buy it. If it's reasonably priced, I'll buy it. I'm not going to go out of my way to find it, I'll be honest. But if I see it in the store, like I did see it a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago, um, I was coming back from a party. I had stopped into a liquor store, and they had it. So I asked. I said, do you have any variants? Yeah, sure. we got a couple behind the counter. Okay. And I buy one. I'm not going to sit there and tell you I'm going to go looking uh, for these things or I'm going to stand online to wait for these particular beers. I'm not. But if I see it and it's reasonably priced, I'm going to buy one or two and I'm going to let it age. I still have bottles from 2015 that are sitting in my house aging. And they're not the ones that are infected, by the way. My point is, um, if a blue point is on tap somewhere, if it's something that I want to drink while I'm in the midst of drinking other stuff and supporting local breweries, I'm going to drink it. That's just the way I am. Uh, call me a sellout, whatever you want to do. I, I don't care. That's my personal preference. I'm not just going to do one thing because everybody else is doing it. I'm not I'm not a follower, folks. I, I, I'm not saying that I'm a leader either, but I'm certainly not a follower. I drink what I want to drink and what I'm in the mood for. Most of the time it's IPAs. Sometimes it's stouts, especially in this time during the winter. I want to drink something. I want to pour something that I can drink. Let's sit out for a while and uh, sip it over the course of an hour or two. All right, so let's get into some beer news here. Uh, craft brewery owners in Pennsylvania uh, are attempting to restructure the collection of a forthcoming sales tax. This coming from our folks at Brewbound. It's slated to begin this coming July. It would increase the cost of beer sold directly to consumers for on- and off-premise consumption at the state's nearly 300 tap rooms, tasting rooms, and brew pubs. So as of July 1st of this year, the Pennsylvania Department of Revenue will begin collecting a 6% sales tax for every dollar of beer sold directly to consumers via brewery tap rooms, tasting rooms, and brew pubs. The tax would be in addition to the $2.48 per barrel state excise tax that Pennsylvania brewers already pay. However, the new tax would not apply to sales to wholesalers or traditional bars and restaurants. So the point of contention here, as I'm reading from this article at Brewbound, uh, for the brewery owners, it's not the, the tax itself when they start it, but when it's collected. As it's currently written, breweries who bypass wholesalers and sell beer directly to consumers in their tasting rooms and retail storefronts would be required to issue the tax at the point of sale. Instead, brewery owners are arguing that the tax should be applied at the wholesale level, which is already the case for transactions between distributors and retailers. So this is, um, this is an interesting thing. Because what what ends up what, what's going to end up happening, and there's a quote from Chris Lampy, the co-owner of Weyerbacher uh, Brewing. He's the president of the Brewers of Pennsylvania. He estimated that 90% of the state's 300 brewing locations would be affected by the implementation of the sales tax. This quote from him uh, from Brewbound. In the past six years, the Brewers of Pennsylvania has gone from 12 members to 250 members, and a large portion of those newer brewery, members of the Breweries of Pennsylvania have based their business models around tap rooms. Um, Pritchett, uh, the, let's see, Trevor Pritchett, he's the CEO of Yards, and Lampy said breweries have no problem paying a sales tax, but they want to be treated the same as other re- retailers who are taxed 6% at the wholesale level. In Pennsylvania, beer is taxed when a wholesaler sells it to a bar or restaurant, not on over-the-bar retail sales. For example, as Brewbound points out, a bar owner would pay about $9 in taxes on a $150 keg purchased from a wholesaler. However, that same keg of beer sold inside a brewery taproom for $5 a pint at 120 pints would net $36 in taxes. So what they want is parity here. They just want a level playing ground, which I, I don't I don't blame them for this. So Pritchett said if the sales tax is implemented in its current form, 
Consumers who purchase beer directly from brewers would pay four to five times the amount of sales tax for a beer than they would at the state's bars or restaurants. And consumers would pay even more at breweries located in Pittsburgh and Philadelphia where consumers already pay a poured drink tax of 7% and 10% respectively on top of a 1% and 2% local sales tax in each respective city. Meaning, if the tax goes forward as planned, consumers at brewery tap rooms in Philadelphia would pay 18% in taxes and 14% in Pittsburgh. And both owners of these breweries, Yards and Weyerbacher, have said that if implemented, it would almost assuredly be passed along to consumers. There's no way they're going to be able to absorb that kind of hit. Um, Lampy says to uh, Brewbound, I can tell you at Weyerbacher, it certainly would be passed on and there would be a sign-up saying this is exactly why. Uh, I, this, I don't I don't get it. I, I don't understand why Pennsylvania is doing this. There should be a level playing field. It's almost like they're trying to mess around like they did in New Jersey. And hopefully, uh, you know, obviously there's two different, it's, it's two different things. But this is ridiculous that if I go to Weyerbacher directly to buy a beer or to purchase beer, I'm going to pay more than I would at a retailer, at a liquor store, or at a deli. Uh, Why wouldn't I just go to the deli and buy the beer? It's cheaper. I I don't have to consume it that badly in order to do that. I I think this is a way of the the restaurant owners trying to create some type of parity because they're losing business. Same thing that's happening in New Jersey. Guys, level the playing field. It makes life easier for everybody, and everybody wins. Everybody makes money. Moving on, Rogale and uh, Spirits starting uh, this year strong with two new new year-round IPAs. Out of line, it's a bright, honey-colored West Coast-style IPA, and Bat Squatch, a juicy, hazy IPA with intense tropical aromas and flavors. Out of line, quintessential West Coast-style IPA, opens with tangerine and mango balanced by malt sweetness and a crisp hop bite. And then Bat Squatch, a hazy IPA uh, dedicated to the half-bat, half-sasquatch creature that, according to legend, resides in the woods on Mount St. Helens. First uh, hazy IPA in Rogue's year-round lined up, Bat Squatch features bold tropical aromas, flavors of stone fruit and tangerine, a fruity citrus rind finish. Uh, I'm going to have to contact the folks from Rogue. I definitely would like to check these out. Uh, The outer line is a 6.9% ABV with a 66 IBU. Uh, the Hazy Juicy uh, Northeast style, the Bat Squatch, that's a 6.7% ABV with a 45 IBU. Uh, the Outer Line is available now. Bat Squatch will be coming out. Uh, is it, I'm sorry. Uh, Bat Squatch is actually out uh, now in Oregon and Washington. It will be nationwide starting in March. Uh, just go to rogue.com, R-O-G-U-E.com, uh, for more information on that and where you can find that delicious beer. And then finally, uh, the good folks from uh, Stone the, uh, are coming out with a lager now, which is interesting. This is something I'd like to try. Tropical Lager, Stone Tropic of Thunder Lager. Uh, it is a 5.8% uh, ABV with a 45 IBU. Uh, this is interesting. So um, the Tropic of Thunder, it is, uh, it is out now. It's available in six-pack cans and draft. Uh, They want you to drink it fresh uh, and definitely want to check this out, uh, a lager from Stone. So it's interesting. They're starting to branch out a little bit more into uh, lagers and pilsners. They had the the pilsner that they created with with Metallica, uh, which is very good, by the way. If you're looking for something a little offbeat on a pilsner, that is definitely something that you want to check out. Folks, when we come back after a short break, more news and notes, and this is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. It's a new year, and with it comes the feeling of a fresh start. So this year, what will you do with your fresh start? Will you start working out, learn a new skill, or even resolve to travel more? 
Yeah, well, whatever your new venture is, you can be sure that in 2019, you'll get the same great level of breaking news and intelligent opinion you've always gotten right here. It's our resolution. Here's to a prosperous new year. AM 970, The Answer. Every year, a few stocks dominate all the others. I'm not talking about stocks that go up 50% or even 100%. In the last 10 years, the average stock of the year went up 2,265%. Identifying these massive winners can have a more dramatic effect on your portfolio than almost anything else you can do. That's why we're inviting you to our Emergency Summit, the 2019 Trade of the Year. It's free to attend. And one of the top stock pickers in the world, Dr. Mark Skousen, will be announcing his number one play for 2019. And he'll tell you about the three times your money performance guarantee. Join us at 2 p.m. Eastern on January 10th for this amazing opportunity. Log on now at the2019tradeoftheyear.com to sign up for the free Emergency Summit. You must sign up now at the2019tradeoftheyear.com. Once again, receive the number one pick of the year by registering for our free summit at the2019tradeoftheyear.com. I'm Lala Anthony. Acting can be hard, but over 1.5 million New Yorkers work for minimum wage, and that's really hard. That's why New York State is raising its minimum wage. Starting December 31st, just about everyone in New York City will make $15 an hour. See if you qualify at ny.gov slash minimum wage. If you're not getting what you deserve, call 1-888-4-NYSDOL. Acting is make-believe. This $15 minimum wage is real. Sponsored by NYSDOL in cooperation with the NYSBA. The following is a true story. My name is David Bryant. When I was 37, my wife and I decided to get term life insurance through SelectQuote. Just three years later, I was diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Because of life insurance, the people I love most in this world will be protected no matter what happens to me. I know that the dreams I have for my family can still come true. Financial security, to stay in the home we became a family in, and for our children to be able to go to college. I reached out to SelectQuote because I wanted to share my story. If just one person purchases life insurance, I know I will have made a difference. SelectQuote can find a 37-year-old male a $500,000 policy for under a dollar a day. If there are people you care about, you need life insurance. It may be the single most important financial decision of your life. Don't put off protecting your family. Get your free quote now. Call 800 That's 800-671-7070. 800-671-7070. Or go to selectquote.com. This is a paid endorsement. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Not available in all states. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. AM 970. Theanswer.com. Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM970 The Answer. Follow me. It's easy on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo. That's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email. Albert G at NYCRadio.com. And don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms as well as being Alexa ready. Just say to your Amazon-enabled device, Alexa, I want to hear the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM970 The Answer. And... You get to hear the show right from there. Rush, Roll the Bones, the title track from uh, this uh, this album. When did this album come out? 1991. You know, it's interesting. 
about Rush. They're retired now. Neil Peart uh, has said that, you know, just physically he can't handle the demands uh, of touring anymore. Um, and being uh, the perfectionist that he is and the rest of the band is, you know, he wants to give people his A show every night. I don't blame him. Um, last time they toured, God, it's three years already. 2015 was the last time they toured. I got to see them at the Prudential Center. Um, but Roll the Bones kind of stopped it for me as to purchasing Rush albums. Um, I, I didn't get into their later stuff in the 90s. I, I don't know why. Just never gravitated back to them. The grunge scene was in, and I kind of just you know got away from them. Always liked Rush. But I'm more of the Rush fan. I love their older stuff, their beginning stuff. But that kind of... Um, Early 80s to mid 80s kind of synthesizer when they went in that other direction was more keyboard heavy and less bass, um, you know, just more synthesized type of stuff. That's the stuff that I like. Signals, Grace Under Pressure, uh, Moving Pictures. Um, that's kind of my wheelhouse uh, for me with Rush. The writing, everything, just, you know, that's that's my favorite part of Rush. I know people, you know. That are Rush fans would be like, oh my god, I can't believe it. That's that. That was their worst time, and blah blah blah. And then they got heavier again as they got out of the eighties. And uh, what was it? Presto was kind of a, a different spin on things. And then Roll the Bones was kind of getting back to their their roots, sort of. And then they went very heavy again. And I just after the album in ninety one, I kind of just lost it uh, from a Rush standpoint. But phenomenal band to see live. They were unreal. Just uh, you know, I, I get it, but. Um, Getty Lee has mentioned in interviews recently uh, that, you know, he wants to collaborate with Alex Lifeson again. They want to do stuff together. Will they go out on tour as just the two of them and not Neil Peart? And would they call it Rush? Who knows? Uh, we shall see. But, you know, listen, we like to look, mix a little bit of uh, music in here along with beer because, you know, when you're drinking beer, what are you doing? You're watching TV. You're listening to music. You're at a bar. You're hanging out with friends. You're talking. That's part uh, of this show. Coming up in uh, just under 10 minutes from now, Tara Nuren from Forbes will join me. So much to get into with Tara about her predictions for 2019, how the beer scene is going to shake out, and her trip over to Cape May Brewing uh, recently that, um, you know, she's got some interesting things uh, to say about that. And we talk about other different uh, trends as well uh, in the beer scene. That's coming up, well, I would say, about, you know, eight, nine minutes from now. Uh, a couple of other news things. So uh, as of this taping, which this segment was taped uh, back on uh, Friday morning. We still have a government shutdown. We still have lots of issues. So um, the Brewers Association said if the shutdown goes on, you know, longer than anticipated, it could prove problematic for brewers who distribute new product across state lines and lead to costly delays. So this partial government shutdown includes the closure of the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau, uh, the TTB is the federal organization that oversees things like brewery applications, beer labels, and loans. Breweries who distribute across state lines can't do that without product-specific label approval. So closing the TTB could lead to a beer label backlog, as it did back in 2013, meaning breweries already scheduled to release new beers in 2019 will be affected if this shutdown becomes prolonged. This is a big issue. So if we go another two weeks, three weeks, now who knows? Over this past, over this weekend, the shutdown, you know, could be alleviated and lifted. But if this goes on another couple of weeks, this is going to be a problem uh, for breweries who are trying to release new beers and, you know, ha send them across state lines. This could be a big issue, so we have to watch out for this, and we will check on it and, of course, keep you updated. Uh, Utah, uh, it uh, this is a new law that took effect, obviously, on January 1st. Uh, Utah now home to the nation's strictest DUI laws. The state's old limit 
was 0.08%, the threshold in most states. But as of December 30th, that standard was changed to 0.05. This according to a local uh, television station in Utah. Utah's new um, borderline, borderline contact high DUI standard means that a 150-pound man could be over the 0.05 limit after two beers in an hour, while a 120-pound woman could exceed it after a single drink in that time. Now, I, I don't mean to make a joke here about people's weight, but please show me a man who is 150 pounds who's drinking beer. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> I am well north of 150. Um, I'm well north of 250 at this point. I need to get down to 250. So by that, by that reasoning, if I were in Utah, it would probably be three beers for me before I would be considered legally drunk or under the influence in Utah. Again, drink responsibly, don't drink out of control, and certainly do not drink and drive. Uber, get a friend to give you a lift, uh, you know, use lift, take a cab. Whatever you need to do to get yourself home, don't be stupid. Um, But this is an interesting thing here because, uh, you know, less than, I mean, you know, they're saying a 120-pound woman could exceed that limit after a single drink. Now, will we see more states doing this? Who knows? Uh, My biggest issue with DUIs, not only from an alcohol standpoint, but the legalization of marijuana. We're seeing this in a lot of states, New York and New Jersey, uh, ho- are trying to pass laws this year that would legalize marijuana. Uh, California has already done so. So has Colorado. Um, what is the criteria for being high? And where are you too high to drive? Is it one edible? Is it one puff off of legalized marijuana? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is there. Um, I-, I think this needs to, there needs to be some, some more legislation clear-cutting the way of what is and what isn't. I I would subscribe to the theory that if you do any type of edible or smoke anything, you shouldn't be able to drive. You should be over the limit immediately. Because being high absolutely affects you just as much as being under the influence of alcohol. 100%. So I'm wondering what's going to happen there. That's an interesting dilemma. And um, I'm wondering what's going to happen there. I know a couple of friends of mine said that there is a test to tell how people are high and obviously, uh, New Jersey may be the first to legalize marijuana of the new year here in 2019. Uh, new York might be right behind it, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, uh, the, the good folks from Hop Culture, they, they come out with these great articles. Uh, they have one, uh, Best Breweries to Watch in 2019, the 15 Best Breweries to Watch in 2019. I'm just going to mention a couple of locals uh, real quick. You, can, you should definitely check out the article, hopculture.com. And just go on to the, uh, to the best breweries to watch in 2019. But I wanted to mention a couple of local ones that, I, that I've had. Other Half in Brooklyn. If you haven't been there yet, if you haven't drank beers from Other Half, I encourage you to do so if you live in the tri-state area. They make some fantastic, excuse me there, I had to clear my throat, fantastic, um, uh, hoppy, uh, juicy, delicious beers. So you don't want to sleep on Other Half. And uh, Separatist Beer Project, which used to be uh, Soul Artesian Ales. I- I'm hearing, you know, good things and bad things about them, but uh, Hop Culture feels that they're one of the top 15 to watch. They're right in eastern Pennsylvania. This is definitely a place I have to check out. I mean, it's not that far from me. It's about an hour drive. Uh, so it's definitely something that I want to check out. And the other one uh, that they have locally, Troon uh, Brewing over in Hopewell, they do not have a tasting room. They basically produce cans. They tell you when they're out. 
Once they sell out, that's it. Uh, they, they're supposedly going to expand a little bit and do some different things. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I've not, I've actually not tried Troon yet, and I do have to try Troon. So I definitely want to check them out uh, very soon. Hopculture.com, 15 best breweries to watch uh, in 2019. Uh, but, uh, and then next week, I want to mention some Westchester breweries. Steve from Yonkers, uh, a listener to the Joe Piscopo show and a listener to this show, sent me some stuff. And I, I don't want to give him uh, a short shrift uh, on his stuff. So I'm going to mention his stuff that he sent some newspaper articles about some breweries in Westchester that are opening and are about to open uh, very, very soon. So, Steve, I did get the newspaper articles. Thank you very much for that. Definitely going to talk about that in one of our news segments uh, next week. But when we come back after a short break, Tara Nuren will join me from Forbes. We'll get into all kinds of beer predictions for 2019 and some other stuff as well. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. It's fair and 32 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is asking Elon Musk to see if he can help figure out how to fix the subways in the Big Apple. Phil Hewitt has more. Cuomo says he is talking with Musk's company, Tesla, to see what ideas they may have to modernize the subway signal system that causes so many delays. Cuomo says he believes workers at Tesla think outside of the box and may be able to come up with better technology to run subways faster and more efficiently. Phil Hewlett, NBC News Radio. Thank you, Phil. Some Staten Island residents are not happy with a new reality TV show about their community scheduled to air on MTV. Nearly 6,000 people have signed a petition on change.org asking for the cable network to cancel the show made in Staten Island. It's about a group of young adults who are struggling to put behind them the temptations of a criminal life. It's scheduled to premiere January 14th. The petition says that instead of focusing on people with poor moral character, the network should address real issues young people on Staten Island face, such as opioid addiction. In sports... Well, the Nets did beat the Bulls 117 to 100. Rangers unfortunately lost to the Coyotes 5 zip, and the Devils fell to the Golden Knights 3 2. Traffic delays while on the Bell Parkway westbound of Flatbush Avenue. We've got a crash eastbound side of the belt at Flatbush Avenue. Uh, accident also. There are delays in both directions. Park Place is closed east and westbound from Church Street to Broadway, and that, of course, is due to that building collapse. GWB, there are no delays in or out. Looks like the Holland and the Lincoln tunnels are pretty smooth. Ride now in both directions. Weather for tonight mostly clear, low around 28 degrees. For tomorrow, increasing clouds. High will reach near 36. It'll be a bit windy as well. Tuesday, rain is likely before 8 a.m. and then mostly cloudy throughout the day, high near 52. Now you know what's going on. I'm Amy Salerno and AIM 970, The Answer. This is Dennis Prager inviting you to join me for a 10-day Stand with Israel tour, a tour of the key sites and places to give you an unprecedented view of a world you've likely only read or heard about. Come home inspired by the experience. If you've ever dreamed of seeing Israel, this is your opportunity. We'll be together in the comfort and safety of luxurious accommodations. Join me for a life-changing adventure to give you a renewed sense of purpose. For more information and to register for this trip, go to am970theanswer.com. Our hosts all look like GQ models. See them now at am970theanswer.com.
And welcome back to the Al Gattulo Prep Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Uh, of course, Google Play and iTunes, just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, or just say to your Amazon-ready device, Alexa, I want to hear the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, and bingo, you can hear the Craft Beer Cast right from one of those platforms. Now, my next guest on the program, this is the reason why I played The Killers, is because she mentioned it uh, the other day on Facebook that she was listening to it and, you know, banging away like a metalhead and all this other stuff. I said, you know what? I love The Killers. This is a perfect song to uh, to intro her. She's been on the program many times. First for this year in 2019, she is a writer for Forbes, many other publications writing about beer, wine, and spirits. She's also a co-host on a radio program down in South Jersey called What's on Tap. You can check your local listings for that. But let me welcome back Tara Nuren to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Tara, how are you? Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year, Al. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. So, Tara, you wrote a few weeks back uh, about predictions for 2019 uh, that tap rooms are breaking out all over in the last few years. A lot of bars and restaurants are, you know, uh, pushing back. We've seen it in New Jersey. We've, we're seeing it now uh, a little bit in Pennsylvania. Is it because those establishments, bars and restaurants, think that this is competition? Absolutely. And, you know, no matter what side of the argument you're on, I think to a little bit of an extent, you can't argue against that. I mean, there are certainly people who will choose to go to a brewery tap room instead of a bar, but um, whatever numbers have been collected really don't. They, they show that it doesn't really take business away in nearly the way that um, bar and restaurant owners think. In fact, it does actually, anecdotally, there haven't been any, like, big surveys done or anything. Right. It does add to their business because people do leave a brewery and then they go and they want that beer the next time. And if they're just going down the street, like, after they leave the brewery for some food or something, then they order that beer. So, I mean, I think personally that their their concerns are overblown, although not illegitimate. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Because I wonder, especially in the case in New Jersey, um, if this was kind of an attempt by the former head of the ABC to kind of rein the breweries in, there was some speculation that he had been involved uh, in restaurant business, knew you know a few of the people. Uh, you know, maybe some of the breweries were pushing the boundaries a little bit. Because let's face it, the laws in New Jersey are they're not exactly set in stone. It's kind of well, you do this, but you know, if you do this other stuff, we're not really gonna you know say anything and kind of look the other way. And maybe this was their way of getting back at them. Your, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it goes back to 2012 when the laws were changed about um, craft breweries and they allowed pint sales. I mean, you remember sure. um, pint sales in tap rooms at the breweries. Mm. Um, and that's like the only way a lot of these breweries can make any money and survive. Um But the law was written very vaguely, somewhat intentionally, and really all it said as far as what you can and can't do as far as outside activities other than just buying pints and flights is you can't operate like a bar. Well, what does that mean? So the ABC director, the former ABC director, and many people since 2012 have said, well, you know, you have to think about what the intent of the law is. Well, I mean, interpretation is anybody's game, right? So there have been a lot of efforts, as you know, over the years to kind of try to clarify what that means. He, he, like, over 
he went too far, a lot of people think, and right. then the governor fired him. Yeah, <laughs> and, and essentially, I mean, look, in, in New Jersey alone, I don't want to speak for other states, but in New Jersey alone, small businesses having a major problem, not just in the brewery industry, but in other small businesses as well in New Jersey, in sticking around because the taxes are so high. So to me, it was one of those, like, why would you want to cut your nose to spite your face when here is a growing segment uh, in the state of New Jersey that's bringing in revenue to the state of New Jersey, why would you want to prevent these people from making a living? It's it's just a weird it, it's a weird state to begin with. I, I, you know, sometimes I wonder when I'm living here, I'm like, wow, are you kidding me? This is, I don't know, it's just odd. But we're talking with Taryn Nuren. She's a writer for Forbes. She's also a radio host on What's on Tap and an all-around bon vivant here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So last year, Tara, we saw a lot of mid-sized breweries either close up shop, downsize staff, or pull back on distribution to other states. Green Flash, Deschutes, right. just two examples. Uh, Deschutes yep. recently reducing its workforce. Green Flash, of course, pulling back to concentrate pretty much uh, on the West Coast. Uh, is this trend going to continue? I think so. I mean, the regional breweries have been suffering for the past couple of years. And, and you mentioned two great examples of regional breweries. That's the kind of thing we're talking about, like craft breweries that are large, you know, and right. distribute to um, at least a good, you know, couple dozen states. Um, you know, those tend to be older. And so they haven't quite caught on necessarily to the new way of doing things in craft beer and the new millennial drinker. And by new, I mean, it's not so new anymore. We've been talking about this for a couple of years, but, you know, brewery, like craft beer consumers now, the majority of them are pretty fickle. Some people call them promiscuous. And so they're not going back to the same flagships all the time. They don't always have a, a six pack of Sierra Pale in their fridge. They have, you know, whatever the latest thing from Treehouse is. And Treehouse is awesome, don't yep. get me wrong. But <laughs> big breweries that have made their money on one or two or three flagships have had to really try to figure out how, adjust to that, how to adjust to that new reality and, like, it's as if you have a bigger ship. It's harder to turn around. You know what I mean? So yeah. I do think we're going to see more of that, unfortunately. And and more of this model that we're seeing um, over the past two or three years with, like, Southern Tier and Victory joining forces and Oscar Blues buying Cigar City and a right. couple other breweries, I think that's going to trend as people find, try really hard to find ways to – continue to be sustainable economically, financially without selling out to big beer. I, I agree with you because with Victory and Southern Tier, everyone's like, oh, look at this. And now all of a sudden they bring Six Point in, and, and I think you're going to see maybe they acquire another one maybe down the road because it, it's it's definitely uh, – beer, is, to me, it's almost a collaborative effort. So why wouldn't you want to put some of the best people in the right places to make not just one beer but maybe different types of beer? But getting back to Green Flash for a second, I was out there – uh, late last year, in tw- no, not 2018, 2017. And I remember my wife and I were doing this little tour of all these different breweries, and I remember feeling underwhelmed by Green Flash. Beautiful facility, <laughs> really nice. But then you try the beers and you're like, uh, okay, I can kind of get these, you know, you know, in other places. Like, what's the allure to get me in there when you go to a place like, uh, like Alesmith or Society right down the road <laughs> and you're blown away? Uh, by by the by the beers, I think Green Flash kind of missed the mark. Like, all right, we're just going to keep making these beers and nothing else, and not improving. That's where I think uh, is part of the problem with some of these mid level breweries. I agree. Um, I do think they're trying, um, but you know, they might be locked into multi year hop contracts, for right. example, and can't necessarily just switch to brew like the coolest New England IPA or like the new Brute IPA. 
super easily. And I kind of think of it, I think you'll appreciate this. Like, I don't particularly, and don't kick me off your show, I don't particularly love Led Zeppelin. Okay, But I appreciate fine. Led Zeppelin. Well, and I, and it's, kind of because I think their music's a little boring, right? Or Steely Dan. I don't I think they're kind of boring, but I I realized that they laid the groundwork for a lot of the bands that came after them right. that I do like better. So I'm considering them boring while they weren't for their time. They were groundbreaking. And so I see it sort of the same as breweries. See, that's interesting. Anyway. I've always been a fan of Led Zeppelin. I was not a big fan of Steely Dan and then grew to enjoy Steely Dan later on in life. That's the weird thing. You kind of, you look, uh, they're, they're not that good. And then, oh, oh, okay. You know, 10, 10 15 years later, your music tastes change. Same thing with, with beer. We're talking with Taryn Noren, a uh, writer for Forbes. She's a radio host on What's on Tap, all around Bon Vivant on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. But I want to go back to South Jersey now for just a moment. You were down at Cape May mm-hmm. Brewing uh, for a visit. How was that? Um, how is that like? And are they making changes down there as well? In uh, I know Cape May is doing this in terms of distributing other breweries' beers. Right. Um, as of yet, I believe I'm correct in saying this. I don't think they've picked up any other breweries yet, but that is their intention. Um, and I gotta say, <laughs> I'm a little afraid to say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway because okay. I get myself in trouble with my mouth a lot. You can uh, you can relate. I'm oh sure. yes, I can. <laughs> um, I thought their beers, I think their beers have gotten so much better. Like, I think they were always fine. I never Mm -hmm. had any problem with their beer. But, again, I was like, yeah, okay, Mm -hmm. cool. I think they've really dialed it in. Everything I drank was really good. Even this um, Brett IPA they have, and I tasted another Brett IPA a couple weeks ago from a really awesome brewery, and it made me want to vomit. Wow. Um, okay. And, uh, and this one was really good. So, yeah, I mean, they've got a ton of styles, and I think they're doing them well. They run three brewing shifts. Um, yeah, they're, they're shaking things up with this new distributor that they're, um, you know, working on developing this year. And um, they get all kinds of awards and accolades, and I think they've really, Ryan Krill and his two partners, it's like, and, and their whole team have been pretty progressive about the business, their business decisions, mm-hmm. um, and I'm really glad that I think the beer is, is now where where a lot of people always thought it was and where I always thought it should be. Uh, you know what? I agree with you on that. I think uh, the last couple of years they were kind of, uh, you know, it's it's a good beer for that area. You're down there. You're looking for something to drink. That's, you know, it's good stuff. I think they've definitely upped their game in the last couple of years, especially their IPAs. And that bog shandy is unbelievable. Uh, it's so good. That cranberry bog one that they make is really, really good. And I think they are starting to really knock it out of the park with certain things. That's awesome. Last question from me, Tara. What do you think will be the biggest change in the beer industry this year? Oh, biggest change. Biggest well, change. as I said in my predictions, I don't see this as a big, as a revolutionary year for beer. I think we're going to continue to sort of slog along as we have been. I think craft beer growth margins are going to continue to get a little and a little smaller. Um, other than the cap room thing, which I do think is really going to be a huge thing, it, you know, we're going to start to see tap rooms from across the country, you know, popping up in our own communities and mm-hmm. from other continents popping up in our own communities. So I think that and um, contract brewing is going to become much more prevalent, whereas it used to be a little bit stigma. You know, there used to be a little bit of a stigma. Yeah. 
to contract brewing, which is, as you know, when you have somebody else brew your beer or you brew it at another facility, um, I think that's a necessary economic compromise that breweries in this tough time for beer um, are going to make and find out that it's a fantastic solution for I, everybody. I think I think we're going to see what happens very soon with uh, with a couple of these. And I, I you know what, Tara, I, I tend to agree with you. I think contract brewing is become uh, going to become a lot bigger this year, especially these mid-sized companies or maybe a little bit smaller than that. Kind of, eh, we don't have the finances to keep the building going, but I still want to keep my beer going, and maybe that's a way or an avenue that they can uh, continue serving uh, their community and their community interests. My guest, have been, uh, my guest has been Tara Nuren. She's a writer for Forbes. She's a radio host on What's on Tap down in South Jersey and an all-around fantastic person here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Tara, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciate it. <laughs> thanks, Al. You got it. When we come back, it is time for Suds and Duds, the first of 2019, right after this on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Larry Elder says, new year, same old Democrats. Forty more Democrats, many of them absolutely despise Donald Trump. Once you start calling somebody a Nazi and a racist and a fascist and saying that their policies are similar to those of Hitler, how do you compromise? Once you call the wall that uh, the president campaigned for and on racist, how do you compromise? The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 7, right before Joe Walsh at 9 on AM 970. The Answer. Every child deserves a quality education. That's why NJEA members, teachers, and educational support professionals are proud to partner with parents to provide students with the support they need to be successful in school and in life. NJEA knows that when families and schools work together, our children are the winners. And our commitment to students is paying off. Did you know that according to some national publications, New Jersey schools lead the country in student achievement and giving children the chance to succeed? And our high school graduation rate is among the top in the nation. The College Board also reports that New Jersey students have the highest advanced placement scores in the nation. Go to NJEA.org to learn more about the great things happening in New Jersey's public schools. This message, sponsored by the New Jersey Education Association, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. I'm thrilled to be co-hosting the Stand with Israel tour with my friend Dennis Prager. This tour of the Holy Land will bring us face-to-face with one of our country's most important allies and one of the most fascinating spiritual regions on Earth. More than a vacation, this bucket list trip will deepen your faith and expand your mind. I personally want to invite you to join me on this journey. Register today, and I'll see you in Israel. For more information and to register for this trip, go to am970theanswer.com. That's am 970 theanswer Final segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, follow me very easily on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G A T U L O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. And don't forget iTunes and Google Play. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. We're also Alexa ready. Just say to your uh, Amazon enabled device, uh, Alexa, I want to hear the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, the answer, and you will hear the show there. Uh, Suds and Duds, final segment, a little firepower from Judas Priest. They were named, uh, what was it, the top three metal albums? 
of um, last year of 2018. So uh, very cool. Great. Uh, it's a great album. They're going to be touring for their 50th anniversary this year, but they're doing it differently. They're doing like smaller venues, and I think the nearest they're going to be is uh, Long Island. So uh, unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to get a chance to see them on this go-around uh, of the uh, world tour that has been continuing now for, I guess, what, about a year and a half now. Uh, so our first Suds and Duds segment of 2019, a lot of beers to get to. I was off for um, uh, almost 11 days, so uh, a lot of stuff to catch up on. We're going to stop it right at New Year's Day, and we'll do those beers the following week because uh, there was a lot of stuff that I had to, a chance to partake in. Uh, first up, uh, Sip of Sunshine by uh, Lawson's uh, Finest Liquids finally got a chance to try this one. Everybody's been talking about this one as a great IPA, and uh, no exception. Delicious, uh, bitter, great hop to it. Uh, Just what you want uh, out of a a classic IPA. I guess that's what we're going to start calling them now. Classic, juicy, West Coast, East Coast. I mean, I I know they're all Indian Pale Ales, but they they are different to to a degree, so interesting to see um, if this year they're going to start shaking it out with, um, with calling things differently instead of just calling it uh, an IPA. But the Sip of Sunshine, definitely worth it. Had it at a place called American Whiskey, which I've spoken about before. Uh, it is a whiskey bar, but they do have a very good beer selection just uh, a block away from Madison Square Garden. Uh, my favorite place uh, to sample beers, Paragon Tap and Table. They did a whole Christmas party ugly sweater night uh, just before uh, the Christmas holiday. So started out with a flight. First one was the Celebration Fresh Hop IPA by Sierra Nevada. This is an annual beer that they come out with. Uh, always good. Just a steady, solid IPA. A little bit malty, but it, just a really nice uh, IPA uh, from the folks at Sierra Nevada. Then had the Christmas Ale by Bell's Brewery. Um, nice, not super strong, smooth, uh, it, decent. Uh, Bell's has just come into New Jersey. Um, some of their stuff I, I, I actually like. Some of their stuff is kind of eh, all right. And I think with, with the glut of breweries now, I think a lot of these guys have to step up their game. When they come into a new state, they've got to knock people out of the park. I don't know if Bell's is going to do that yet, but I know there are a lot of fans of Bell's. I just wonder if they're going to uh, have enough of an impact uh, in the Garden State to make a difference. Uh, then had the uh, Santa Lucia IPA by Firestone Walker, uh, slamming, smooth like velvet. Firestone Walker, again and again, consistently puts out great beers, and this one is no exception. Their IPAs are always on point. Um, their, um, their beers are just fantastic. I like their bigger, boozier beers. Um, they certainly do a great job with that, but uh, the Santa Lucia IPA, uh, a fantastic uh, IPA from Firestone Walker. Um, Magnify. I'm not the biggest fan of Magnify in New Jersey. Uh, I'll be the first person to admit it. I find some of their beers good. I, I find some of their beers not so good. And there's a lot of debate about Magnify. There are some people who say they kill it. Other people say eh, not so much. I'm kind of in the middle. Uh, I Put it this way. If I'm at a bar and there's a, an extensive tap selection, Magnify is probably one of the last ones that I'll buy on the list, depending on what it is. Um, that's that's kind of how I go. Um, but if it's a local fresh beer, I'll probably give them a try. But it's not one of those ones that I seek out. Let's put it that way. So I had the ugly sweater party from them. I have to say, uh, lots of cinnamon, very smooth, but it's a it's a beer that you have to let warm up uh, before trying it. It definitely tastes better as it gets warmer. Um, so surprisingly, I found that one from Magnify very good. Then I had, uh, so happens it's Tuesday by the brewery. These guys make great, big, banging, boozy beers. Thick, boozy, smooth, just ridiculous. Had a full pour of that. That was fantastic. 
Um, a really good beer. So it was a fun night uh, for the Ugly Sweater Party and Christmas beers at Paragon Tap and Table. As we continue on here with our Suds and Duds segment on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, the answer the first of this year at 2019. Uh, coming out party by Breakside Brewery. Smooth, nice hop, decent bite. Um, Breakside is doing some good things and uh, really enjoy uh, tasting a lot of the stuff from uh, Breakside Brewery. So kudos to those guys. Uh, then was on Staten Island. Uh, my wife had to get a haircut. I had to get a little trim on my hair. And um, Killsborough Brewing, who I've spoken about recently in the past couple of months, uh, they were coming out with a couple of releases. So I stopped by to pick up their double dry hopped uh, rye IPA humble brag. And, um, you know, I ran into uh, Sean Torres. He says, hey, have you tried the Amethyst yet? And I said, no, I wasn't planning on picking that one up. I was just going to get one four-pack. He says, you know what? Here's a can. Try it. I'd love to know your impressions. Well, Sean, I'm going to tell you. Earthy, slightly sour, uh, slight bitterness. The blueberry is present, but not overly so. Uh, the lavender in this, they actually he uses lavender in this beer. It's there, but it's not cloying. Sometimes, uh, probably like five, six years ago, everybody was using um, uh, coriander and stuff in beers. Uh, to kind of enhance the flavor. And a lot of times it got to the point where you're like, you were choking from drinking this. This does not do that. Um, The blueberry and the lavender kind of mix well together, and neither one of them is overtly there. You taste both, but it, it... they both kind of mellow each other out, which is nice. And again, the, the, it's it's a slightly sour, slight bitterness. Um, I don't know if this is an introductory sour beer, but it is definitely a very good uh, sour brew. So kudos to you, Sean, and uh, the good folks at Killsborough doing a great job. Uh, moving on, uh, the Green Pow Pow by Five Burrows. Now, this this is so unbelievably good. If you get a chance to get over to Five Burrows, pick this up if they still have any left. Uh, this is the collaboration between Five Burrows Brewing and Hop Culture, and it is fantastic. Smooth, juicy. I could drink it all night long. It is such a good beer. The Green Pow Pow, uh, Pow, Pow by Five Burrows. Fantastic job. Um, a, a beer from Maine, from Maine Beer Company, that I actually didn't enjoy as much as I thought I was going to. Uh, a little too malty for me, the Zoe. Um, it just wasn't good enough for me. It's an amber ale. I wasn't crazy about it. Uh, just didn't like it. Uh, and again, it was fresh. It's not like it was sitting on the shelf for a while. Um, just wasn't a fan of it. So unfortunately, that might be the dud for the week for me. That was not uh, as good as I thought it was going to be. Uh, and then uh, wrapping it up here, had the uh, Stone Moje IPA. The uh, good folks from Stone sent me a bottle of this uh, not too long ago. Juicy, fabulous bite to it. Um, I absolutely want to pick this up and uh, drink it again. It was definitely something I would purchase. This was from uh, a home brewers, Corey Maggers and Elizabeth uh, Bacchus, and the Burgeon Beer Company. They did a collab with Stone. This is a really, really good beer. If you like uh, good, juicy IPAs without a, a bite to it, this is definitely one to pick up. Get it in stores. Uh, it probably won't be around um, for too long. Uh, what else here? We had the uh, Santa's Private Reserve from Rogue Ales. Uh, I want to thank the folks from Rogue uh, for sending me this one. A little spicy, nice fruit flavor. Definitely better as it warms up. A perfect uh, winter beer and uh, really enjoyed that on, uh, when did I have this? I actually had this on Christmas, so it was the right time to uh, to crack that one open. Um, and then finally, over at... Uh, Let's see. What else do we have here? We've got a couple more. Half Acre did a tap takeover over at um, Paragon Tap and Table. Had the uh, fluorescent uh, from Half Acre. Piney Decent. Good flavor. Uh, and then had um, Deep Space from Half Acre. This was good. Smooth. Really smooth. Malty. 
but very nice for a double, and at 10%, it didn't drink like one. It was one of those kind of, oh, okay, it probably hit, you know, hit you a little bit later on, uh, but that was a nice one. Uh, Samuel Adams sends me a bunch of Christmas beers every year, and uh, can, never, can never have a good old Fiesel, uh, wig gal uh, from uh, Sam Adams. Perfect holiday beer. Spicy, just really good. Uh, it's one of those, you'd, you'd like them to put it out as a six-pack for a seasonal, but they don't. They mix it in with their uh, seasonal 12-pack. Uh, but it's always a good beer. It's one of those you, you have it and you go, man, I really got to have more of this. So it's always nice to have one, um, but uh, a really nice beer uh, from the folks at Sam Adams. So thank you very much. Uh, Bellwether sou- uh, Sour Wheat Ale in uh, aged in gin barrels with lime leaves from Breakside. I uh, had to get used to this one. A lot of gin flavor. The lime was there. The sourness was there. It was an interesting beer. A lot of complexity to it. A lot of different flavors. Uh, kind of, you know, like all over the place at first and then kind of settled down uh, as I let it sit for a little bit. So uh, that was a very interesting beer. Uh, that's one I'd have to try again to see if my palate will really get used to that. Had a couple of the German beers that uh, Arthur Idala had got me from the uh, German advent calendar. Uh, a Hallerto craft beer, a Blauweiss by Hottenhammer uh, Schloss Brewery. A tasty, little hoppy, smooth, good stuff from them. And then uh, the Alpenkonig Gold, by Private uh, private Browery H. Eggerer. Uh, this was a decent Marzen. Caramel, malty, uh, really nice. Uh, enjoyed that uh, very much um, from the uh, the German advent calendar. And then a couple of beers for New Year's Eve. Uh, was over at Wet Ticket Brewing. Uh, their test ticket for this past week was a New England IPA with lactose, mosaic, vanilla, and mango. Real nice vanilla flavor. You got that little hint of mango. Uh, all the flavors kind of just melded well together. Tim, you got yourself a keeper. That was a great beer. Uh, of course, had to pick up a growler or the dream ticket for um, uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, then we had a bottle of uh, Freak Tractor by Catskill Brewery. This was uh, really good. A little bit sour tasting, uh, but really nice uh, wild ale. And then finally, uh, from Breakside Brewery, What Rough Beast. What a great beer from Breakside. Their New England-style version of an IPA. Very tasty, smooth, juicy, tropical notes. Just uh, a fantastic beer. So a lot of beer that we had to get to. We'll have some other beers coming up next week. But, folks, we are out of time. My thanks to Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Darren Yellen, Taryn Nuren from Forbes, and, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.